presence of God that we feel here tonight. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. We're excited for the good things that are happening, and I want to talk to you a little bit about what's coming. Uh, we're excited for all the many wonderful things that are taking place at uh, Tree of Life Church. And uh, we will be holding our midweek services here at Cooper Road uh, on Wednesday night. And we will be holding our Sunday services in Finneytown at the Grace Point Church campus. And we're going to look forward to that. We will be doing that until we move into that big building you see over here. Amen. And that building is making great progress. Good things are happening. It's coming together. And you have been giving sacrificially and faithfully, and you're making the difference. Can we give God praise for that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we want to continue to give unto the Lord uh, sacrificially. That, of course, is what makes everything possible. And uh, you have just gone above and beyond, and God has blessed uh, the Tree of Life Church as a result of that. I want to bring our attention to uh, two very important set of dates. Uh, the first being May 21st. Everybody say May 21st. Everybody say that's a week from this Saturday. Amen. That is a day that is going to be very special. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, but before I do, I want to tell you what it's about. It is going to be preparing us for June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Everybody say June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Everybody say, that's Pentecost. That's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday prior to Pentecost Sunday, and we are going to have Holy Ghost Revival. Amen. Amen. Thursday night is going to be inside at the Grace Point Church campus in Finneytown. And on Friday and Saturday night, we're going to be in a tent, praise God, Lord willing. And if the creek don't rise and the, and the rain doesn't fall, we're going to be outdoors in a tent, uh, just like they did in the old days. Amen. Amen. And we're going to let our voices ring out. Now, what's beautiful about this is that we're going to be partnering with Global Harvest in Motion. Global Harvest in Motion is an international crusade team that has traveled the world putting on crusades, conducting crusades, and seeing hundreds of thousands of people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have been praying for years for the heavens to open and God to pour out His Spirit upon our city. And uh, they are coming, International, uh, the Global Harvest in Motion Ministry is coming to Cincinnati. And we are partnering with them. And we're going to have a tent uh, crusade, uh, Cincinnati outpouring, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. The 3rd and the 4th will be under the old tent, the old gospel tent. And on June 2nd, we're going to have an indoor service. It's going to be a Holy Ghost revival service. And you don't want to miss these dates. You want to be here and not just you, but make sure you bring people to these services. Because if you want to see somebody receive the Holy Ghost, this is the week to have them a part of these services. On May 21st, we are going to participate in training for those services. And we're going to receive uh, training from powerful international evangelists and missionaries. Brother Charles Robinette, Brother Chris Green... We'll both be here. Pastor David Myers, our dear friend from Palm Bay, Florida, who has conducted many of these crusades around the world in Africa, Asia, Europe, South America. And uh, they've held crusades where it was illegal to even have church. But they held crusades and saw thousands receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a science. It's a, it's a, a model. And they're bringing that model to Cincinnati. And they're going to help us to prepare for that. So on May 21st, at the Grace Point Church campus, starting at 9 a.m. Uh, until 3 p.m., we're going to be having a day of training. And this training will be conducted by these great leaders. So what we need you to do is we need you to sign up for that training. You can sign up at Connect Point for May 21st for that training session. And you're going to receive some impacting apostolic Revival training. 
matters of prayer and fasting and faith. It's going to help you uh, become an even greater ambassador for Jesus Christ. You know, that's why we're here. We're here to reach the lost. We're not just here to have services together. We're here to reach the lost. How many know you once were lost? Praise God, you're found. Amen. And our, our world is in desperate need of this. So we are going to take a step of faith. We're going to do our part in preparing ourselves. So that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. I want to talk to you about preparing for an outpouring. Preparing for an outpouring. And, uh, and we're going to be uh, focusing on that. I also want to tell you that to prepare for this, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be hitting the streets, passing out flyers. We're going to be uh, reaching out to people and inviting them to these crusade services. That's going to take place on May 14th. That's this Saturday. You can have more information of that at Connect Point. But following our final Home Bible Study certification course at noon, uh, Brother Colbreth is going to be taking a group out, and we need people to sign up for that. So May 14th, this Saturday, we're going to go out and hit the streets, reaching people with the good news that the Holy Ghost is being poured out. Amen. On May 28th, the Saturday prior to the, the crusade, uh, tent revival, we're going to be doing the same thing. Every Monday night from this point till the crusade, so that will be this coming Monday, May 16th, May 23rd, and May 30th from 7 o'clock to 8.30 in the evening, there will be prayer right here uh, at the church. So we want, to, uh, we want to make you aware of that and tell you let's be a part of that. We're going to pray, we're going to fast, we're going to reach out, and we're going to see the Lord pour out His Holy Spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What if God just baptized 100 people with the Holy Ghost on Friday night? Wouldn't that be amazing? What if He baptized another 100 people with the Holy Ghost on Saturday night? Amen. If you've got friends and you've got family and you've got co-workers and you have people that you've been teaching Bible studies to, reach out to them and let them know, hey, the Holy Ghost is being poured out. God's doing some great things at our church and bring them to that uh, great crusade. There is a lot of planning going into this, but we need all hands on deck. We need everybody engaged to do the work of the Lord. So uh, May 21st is the day of training, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th is the day of the crusade, May 14th and May 28th. We're going to be passing out flyers in the Carthage area and in the neighborhoods surrounding that area. And we're going to be reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Preparing for an outpouring. James chapter 5. And I want to read to you a few verses of scripture uh, concerning an outpouring. James chapter 5, beginning with verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias or Elijah, the New Testament pronunciation of the name Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed. But he didn't just pray, he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Preparing for an outpouring. I want you to note that the key word connected to these Miracles is the word prayer. The word prayer. This matter of prayer. In verse 16, it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In verse 17, Elijah prayed earnestly. In verse 18, he prayed again. I think those are powerful statements. Prayer is to be effectual and fervent, prayer is to be earnest. And prayer is to happen again and again and again. Don't stop praying. Continue to pray. And, and the Elijah establishes an example. Now, 
Elijah, of course, is the prophet that, that uh, shut up the heavens for the space of three and a half years by the direction of God. And the Lord, the Lord shut the heavens for the space of three and a half years. But then the Bible said that it was time for the rain to come. But the rain did not just automatically start falling even though it was time for the rain to come. It still took prayer. It was God's will. It was God's doing. It was going to happen, but it still required prayer. So does God want to pour out the Holy Ghost? Yes, but it requires prayer. And it requires prayer from the people who know how to pray. It requires a communication with God. And so sometimes I think we take for granted the fact that people know how to pray. Many times we say we need to pray and we just leave it at that. But the Bible takes great care to teach us how to pray. There needs to be an emptying of your soul, an emptying of my soul when we pray. We have to repent of anything that is not like God. We have to ask God to forgive us any sin, any iniquity, any transgression, anything that would not be like Him. We have to empty ourselves of those things before we can truly enter into the throne room of God. Did you know that if you regard iniquity in your heart, God does not hear your prayers? If you're not treating your spouse right, God, the Bible says your prayers are hindered. So you've got to treat your spouse correctly in order that your prayer is not hindered. And you cannot regard iniquity in your heart or God does not hear your prayer. So, so God, God either does hear or he does not hear our prayers. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayer. The effectual fervent prayer, not of a carnal man, but of a righteous man, availeth much. And I, I, you've heard me say this perhaps, but I'll say it again. Availeth much. We confuse that word with prevail or travail. But no, it's avail, and, and it's, it's the root of the word available. So when a righteous man or righteous woman prays effectually and fervently, what they are doing is they are making available the things of God. God has so much healing and so much power and so much glory and so much goodness. And when you pray effectually and fervently and earnestly and again as Elijah did in our text. Then you make available all of that power, all of that healing and all of that goodness and all of that glory. We worry more than we pray, and that is our problem. We even plan more than we pray, and that is our problem. And that's not to say we shouldn't plan. It means that we should pray more than we plan. Which means we have plenty of planning we can do because we ought to be praying without ceasing. How often should I pray? Always. That's what the apostle said. I will that... Men pray everywhere with holy hands. Lift up holy hands. And I will that men pray everywhere and in all places. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. We are to pray always. We are to be in a constant state of prayer. We need to be voicing our prayers. Articulate your prayers. So we talked about the fact that God does not regard iniquity. And that the Lord does not hear the prayer of those who do regard iniquity. So there are certain prayers God does not hear. Like it doesn't even, it doesn't, it, it doesn't even audibly register with God. Certain prayers do not. And I'll tell you the prayers that do not register with God. Vain repetition does not register with God. Vain repetition. When you are just going through motions, it's not registering as, as prayer. Now, it's being recorded as words you have spoken, but it's not registering as prayer unless it's coming from the heart. You can't just get through your hour and be looking at your clock every two minutes. Oh, man, that's, I gotta, I'm getting close, getting close. All right, I can fill this up with a few more 
this and that here and there. That, that's, not, that's not prayer. Prayer is when you are from your heart calling unto God, communing with God. That is what registers as prayer. Hallelujah. And when you do, make sure that you articulate what it is you are talking to God about. There are times you bring supplication to the Lord. Supplication is when you are asking God to do things. You are asking him to supply. So ask him. Be very specific in what you're saying. And, and if you'll be specific and be speaking from your heart, the Lord will speak to you and give you guidance as to what to ask for. Do you know our, one of our biggest challenges is that we don't ask for things. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. When we were at Because of the Times this year, uh, Sister uh, Heidi said, I want to make sure that Sister Vesta Mangan prays for our kids. And we had all of our kids with us and, uh, and our grandbaby. And so we went into the office and had Sister Mangan to pray for us. And before she did, she said, now listen, I want to I just say something to you. She said, you're going to get today what you've come for because you've asked for it. In other words, it's not going to happen because of, of Vesta Lane Mangan. It's going to happen because you have asked for it. And that's what you and I have to remember. God is a good God. And if you ask, you shall receive. And if you seek, you shall find. And if you knock the door, it shall be opened unto you. I'm speaking to you the promises of God. And they are for you and for everybody. If you will sit down, cleanse your heart, empty your heart of anything that is not pleasing to God... And begin to praise him and worship him. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Bless his name. Come before his presence with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. Hallelujah. Magnify the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. You, you're in his throne room at that point, And you can ask what you will of the Lord. And what I have found many times is that when we do this, we ask God for certain things and then the Lord provides and supplies our every need and it happens so naturally and so organically and so many times uneventfully that we forget to thank Him for it. People that we've prayed for just start acting nicer circumstances that we ask God to change just start changing. Things that used to make us afraid all of a sudden lose their ability to strike fear in our hearts. And we just, we just, it just happens so naturally we forget to say, wait a minute, I prayed for that to happen and God has answered my prayer. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what, if I went around this room and said, how many times has God answered your prayers? We would, we would miss thousands of prayers that God has answered. But if we ask the Lord, Lord, how many times have you answered my prayers? He could show us how many times he answered our prayers. How many times do you walk out of the house and say, Lord, keep your hand of protection upon me as I take this journey today. And God kept you from dangers you didn't even know were lurking around the corner. Praise God. Prayer works. Prayer works, and it prepares us for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And so in Elijah's day, he demonstrated this so powerfully, and there is perhaps no greater example of the way the Spirit comes upon a people than through the concept of an outpouring. In the same way that the heavens open and rain falls, that is the, precisely the same way that the Holy Ghost is poured out upon people. And you and I know how rain falls. It starts with vapor that comes from the earth. And that vapor goes up into the heavens and that vapor builds and eventually it comes back to the earth as a mighty outpouring. And that is precisely the way the Holy Spirit operates. Hallelujah. And when they were in the upper room and they were looking around saying, what does this mean? The apostle Peter said, I'll tell you what this means. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. 
And that, that outpouring comes from the vapor of praise, the vapor of repentance, the vapor of sacrifice, the vapor of fasting, hallelujah, the vapor of commitment, the vapor of faithfulness. All of that vapor is waiting for the heavens to just open up and that rain will fall. And I want you to know you and I can generate an outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon this city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, you've heard me tell the story of Brother Denver Stanford when he went to Boston, Massachusetts. And when he got there, there was a great revival. Brother Stanford was a great soul winner. He, it, it was not unlike Brother Stanford to just be sitting at a restaurant table and somebody walk up to take his order. And he, he tells them what he wants to eat and, and somehow mixes in there that they should repent of their sins and be baptized in Jesus' name. And and before you know it, they're speaking in tongues, uh, holding on to the check that they're making out for his order. And, and it's not unlike him. He has won hundreds of people to the Lord and prayed them through in the most unusual of circumstances. And so he went to Boston, had great revival. And Brother Jack Yance, who was the North American Missions Director at that time, called him and said, Brother Stanford, we're having a church growth meeting, and we want you to come as one of the speakers. And Brother Stanford said, I'd be happy to. What would you like me to speak about? He said, we want you to speak about what you did to have such great success. How have you had such great success in the city of Boston? And Brother Stanford said, said, Brother Stanford said I'd be happy to do that, and uh, we'll look forward to that meeting. And uh, so he went to prayer, and as he prayed, prayed and prayed and nothing was really coming to him finally he stopped and said Lord how did we have such great success in Boston maybe I should know before I try to tell others how that happened and the Lord showed him a vision of a lady sitting at a couch with a handkerchief in her hand she was clearly weeping in this vision and next to her was a man knelt down at the couch weeping as well brother Stanford said Lord who is this and the Lord said these symbolize the countless people who have come and gone from this city and prayed prayers that they never saw answered. But I, they have been held for this moment. And I'm pouring out my spirit upon this city. And I want you to know that there have been prayers prayed over the city of Cincinnati. And the time of reaping the harvest has come. And we enter into those prayers and we enter into those labors. This is a biblical kingdom concept. We are entering into the labors and prayers of many saints of God who have traversed the corridors of this city, believing God for an outpouring of His Spirit. And I want you to know that the Lord has poured out His Spirit, but He poured out the former rain moderately, but the latter rain is coming. I said the latter rain is coming. This world has gotten more complex and more devious and more broken. But I want you to know that where sin does abound, the grace of God does much more abound. It's revival time. This isn't the time for the enemy to get any glory. This is revival time. This is the time for the church to prepare for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is the time for the church to step into her rightful role as the bearer of children, as the producer of fruit, as the virtuous woman, hallelujah, who will bring forth a mighty revival. It's going to come through prayer. It's going to come through fasting. It's going to come through sacrificial giving. It's going to come through worship. It's going to come through unity. And that's what we've been experiencing and for the last several years, apostolic unity, and it, and it has culminated beautifully, hallelujah, and this year, Pastor Sizemore, God is doing some amazing things among us, and we give him all the praise for it. I want you to know God commands his blessing there. God commands his blessing there. So we focus on these things. Now, again, I want to I remind you, May 14th, we're going to be passing out flyers. And, and, and May 16th, we're going to be praying, 7 o'clock to 8.30. May 21st, training at Grace Point Church Campus. May 23rd, prayer, 7 o'clock to 8.30. May 28th, it's going to be passing out flyers. June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, we're going to have a Holy Ghost revival and an outpouring of His Spirit.
Praise the Lord. This passage of scripture that James is referring to, he likens Elijah's uh, work and his prayers and his faith. He likens it to the kind of prayer we need to pray. And he likened it to the kind of faith we need to have. And he likened it to the kind of miracles we're going to see. But if you go back to that day that specifically refers to the miracle that Elijah saw, the Bible says that the time came for the rain to fall. And Elijah went to the mountain to pray. And the scripture says that he told his servant to go and see if he saw any change in the atmosphere. And the servant went and said, I don't see anything. And Elijah prayed some more. Go check it again. Checked it again and he saw nothing. I don't see any sign of any kind of an outpouring. And Elijah said, go check it again. He went the third time. Nothing. They prayed. Fourth time, nothing. They prayed more. The fifth time, nothing. They prayed more. The sixth time, nothing. So they prayed more. On the seventh time, hallelujah, on the seventh time, the servant of the Lord, the servant of Elijah, went to look and see if he saw any kind of change in the atmosphere. And he came back and he said, I see a cloud like unto a man's hand. Now, we don't know some, we, we've said cloud the size of a man's hand. Now, I don't know if it was the size of a man's hand or if there's some other meaning there. But I do understand that it wasn't some kind of billowing, dark, uh, cumulonimbus cloud that was obvious what was coming. It was as a man's hand and the servant said, I see a cloud as a man's hand rising up out of the water. And Elijah said, go and tell the king. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. The rain is coming because he saw a cloud as a man's hand. Now let me tell you something. When we go pass out flyers, that's a man's hand. When we come and pray for God to pour out his spirit, that's a man's hand. When we go for training and we sit down and ask teachers and evangelists and prophetic ministers to to pour into us and impart to us how they have executed and employed the gifts of the spirit and the operation of winning the lost that's a man's hand and when you get to praying again that's a man's hand when you pass out more flyers that's a man's hand and I can tell you that if we will apply a man's hand I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I don't have to see the rainfall yet. I don't have to see any lightning. I don't have to hear any thunder. I don't have to feel a breeze. If I see people praying, I can tell you there's about to be a revival. If I see people witnessing, I can tell you there's about to be a revival. Hallelujah. If I see people reaching out and pouring themselves out into other people, there's going to be a revival. I see, I see cloud like a man's hand, a cloud like a man's hand. Somebody's putting in the time. Somebody's putting in the effort. Somebody's sacrificing to give and to, and to pray and to fast and to worship and to reach the lost. That's the man's hand that brings revival. Praise God. Praise God. I don't have much, but what I do have, I'm going to give it to God. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel. Praise God. How shall they they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Hallelujah. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have a job to do. Praise God. People must repent of their sins in order to be saved. People must be baptized in Jesus' name in order to be saved. People must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in order to be saved. We have a job to do. He said, preach the gospel to every creature. He said, go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come. Hallelujah. One of my favorite things to do is to go ask people when I'm talking to them, ask them, so how did it all start for you? When did you come into the truth? I love it because the, the stories are so wonderful to hear. Sometimes they're multiple generations deep. And, and like me, i got to go back to my great-grandfather. 
Now, I grew up, I grew up, the first sounds I heard were the sounds of worship. Uh, my dad said I was teethed and raised on preaching and praise. Amen. That's, that's, that's all some of us know. But there were others who did not grow up in this. And, and you remember that you were the first person who brought it to your family. And if it wasn't for some passerby, hallelujah, it's amazing to me to hear the stories. Because sometimes it was just a conversation in the workplace. Sometimes it was just a conversation on a bus route. Sometimes it was just somebody knocking on your parents' door. Sometimes it was just you happening onto a, into a service and, and you thought everybody was crazy. But look at you today. You're one of the craziest. Hallelujah. I said you're one of the craziest. How many remember when you thought everybody was crazy and now you're crazier than everybody? Praise God. And, and you know why we, we say crazy, but what we mean is we're, we're not afraid anymore. We're not depressed anymore. We're not addicted to stuff anymore. We, we, don't, we don't wake up wanting to die and go to bed wishing we were dead. Things have changed. Things have changed. We, there's joy in living. There's hope for tomorrow. There's peace in our mind. Somebody brought the gospel to us. I'm going to tell you something. We can sit around and criticize our world about how sinful it is all we want. But I don't know what we expect from sinners. Guess what? Sinners sin. That's what sinners do. They don't need a, a, a major a political upheaval. They need a Holy Ghost revival. You let some senators start getting the Holy Ghost and things will change. You start letting some Congress people get the Holy Ghost and things will change. You let a revival break out of the state house and things will change. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, I, I, I want our laws to reflect righteousness. I believe righteousness exalts a nation. That's the word of God. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. That's, that's the word of God. And we want the laws to reflect righteousness. But I will tell you that when they turned the world upside down in the book of Acts, the laws of those lands were barbaric. They were lawless places and they were barbaric. And these apostles did not allow the lawlessness and the barbarism of their day to prevent them from having revival. They were preaching the gospel to the kings, to the governor, almost persuading them to be Christian. Hallelujah. I'm talking about an outpouring. God have mercy. You ready to see politicians filled with the Holy Ghost? I speak it in Jesus' name. You ready to see councilmen and women receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. You ready to see lawyers filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost? In Jesus' name. You ready to see homeless people filled with the Holy Ghost? In Jesus' name. There's no socioeconomic requirement for who God will pour out his spirit upon. God said, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. Praise God. I'll tell you, one of my favorite things to do, too, is when I go preach places and I meet people and they're on fire for God, I love to just say, how did it all start for you? How did it all start for you? And a lot of times they'll say, oh, man. I used to be homeless. I used to be addicted to drugs. I used to have a life that was so broken. And then they tell some unbelievable, amazing story of how one conversation changed everything. Glory to God. Do you know what Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says? I'm going to read this to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse number 4. I want to read this to you because this... This really gives an understanding of how we are supposed to preach the gospel. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Ecclesiastes 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. You know what the wind is? The wind is the current. The current, like current affairs and current events. It's the current of, it's the frequency of things. 
And, and he, that regardeth, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. So if you're going to let the wind dictate whether or not you sow the seed, if you're going to let the current of air determine whether or not you proclaim the word of God, you won't do it. Because there's never going to be a good time to do it. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. So, so if you're going to observe the wind and, and put your thumb in the air of how popular it is, you'll never sow. And because you never sow, you will never reap. So he goes on to say, As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. He is explaining to us that you don't know how the Spirit works. Just like you have no clue how those bones are formed in the womb of a woman that is with child. You and I have no clue how that works. What, where, what, what in the world, where do they get bone material from? Where do bones come from? And, and we have no clue how these bones are formed in the womb of her that is with child. And we don't know the way of the Spirit. There's stuff that happens in secret places of the Spirit. We have no idea. So you can't observe the wind and regard the cloud and say, this doesn't make sense and that doesn't make sense. Or worse yet, don't ever judge a book by its cover. Oh, they'll never live for God. God, you know, when you say that, God will do it just to spite you. A little reverse psychology there for you. I don't think it quite works like that, but I remember a young man that we grew up with in Kokomo, Indiana. He was in and out of church and never had any real desire to serve God, and, and he he just didn't, and then one day he got mixed in the wrong crowd and started selling drugs, and he, he made some quick money, and, and they put him in jail, and he got out, and he started selling drugs again, and then they got him again, and they were going to put him away for a, a long time, and my dad was going, to go, was going to pray for him. He would go pray for him, and he would go pray for Shane, and I remember thinking, Shane... <laughs> Dad, Shane's never going to serve God. I know Shane. My brother and I grew up with Shane. Shane's just, he's never going to serve God. And I just, I remember thinking that thought, would never say it out loud, but I thought it. and thought, man, Dad's wasting his time going to visit Shane. Uh, bless Dad's heart. More power to him. I hope, I, hope, I hope God will reward my dad because I know Shane will never serve God. A few weeks later, Shane got out of jail and they called me where I was out of town, and they said, you'll never believe who's down at the altar speaking in other tongues. I said, who? They said, guess. I said, Ralph, no. Bob, no. Frank, no. George, no. They said, Shane. I said, Shane? Shane who? <laughs> Shane Saunders is down at the front. God has filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I felt the Lord just kind of come down very gently to me and just kind of Smack me. And say, don't tell me who I can't save. Don't tell me who will and won't serve me. Ah, I'll have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. And I'll have compassion upon whom I'll have compassion. Hallelujah. And all they've got to do is believe. And it doesn't matter what they've gone through. I can work with somebody who believes. I learned, I, learned, I learned not to ever judge a book by its cover. And let me tell you, I want to tell you the rest of that story because a little over a year ago, sadly, Brother Shane passed away. He was a dear friend. He, he became a preacher of the gospel. And the day that he passed away, unexpectedly in a tragic accident, he was passing out flyers sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He literally died. Presenting the gospel to others, the same gospel that saved him. 20 years, 20 plus years after God saved his soul. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, if there's a way to go, that's the way to go. Fulfilling the great commission. 
You don't know the way of the Spirit. You can put a word out into the atmosphere, and that word will travel through three or four people and land in somebody's heart, and God will do a work in their soul. That's the way the Holy Ghost works. My God, when you pray before you go and witness, I want you to know God will take that word and he'll do more with it than what you and I could ever dream possible. Hallelujah. In the morning, verse 6, in the morning sow thy seed. In the evening withhold not thine hand. A man's hand. Withhold not thy hand. Praise God. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that or whether they both shall be alike good you have no idea what good will come praise God from the work that you do brother Enos and sister Enos you have the great blessing of being able to live and look out over the lifespan of ministry that you have done I run into people all over this nation and world who were under brother and sister Enos's ministry stationed in Germany and beyond and they tell me the stories the people tell me the stories and it was just seed going forth seed going forth seed going forth hallelujah it matters it matters it matters in the morning sow thy seed in the evening withhold not thy hand I want you to know something ladies and gentlemen you and I we won't always be here should the Lord Terry there's going to come a time for us to transition on to glory but while we're here we have a work to do while we're here for this brief vapor of life this brief moment of time we've got some souls to reach we've got a gospel to preach we've got prayers to pray we've got a work to do hallelujah I said we've got a work to do Brother John Wilson, I think of your precious grandmother as an 11-year-old girl standing on the outside of the church downtown. Hallelujah, Walnut and McMicken. And while she's standing on the outside of the church, Sister Kurtz walks out and sees this little 11-year-old girl who would come stand on the outside and listen to the music on the inside of the church. And, and she would listen and, and move on. But one day, Sister Kurtz found her and said, why don't you come on in here, sweetheart, and sit with me. That little girl, she produced a whole generation and multiple, multiple generations of people who are still lifting up the name of the Lord in music in this church. We're talking about almost a hundred years later. You don't know the way of the Spirit. You don't know the way that the bones do grow in the womb. Just sow thy seed. Withhold not thy hand. I believe that there, oh hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. I believe that this crusade, that what God wants to do in this tent revival, I believe what God wants to do is that God wants to let this be a landmark revival. That he wants people to come into the church, into the ark of safety at this time. Hallelujah. Who will be integral to the revival that's coming. You say revival's here. You're right. Revival is here. We still haven't seen anything yet. Revival is here. But it's always going to get greater and greater and greater and better and better and better. If you believe it, could you lift your hands with me right now in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's give him praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Brother Brandon Jordan, I remember the day that you and Brother Tyreek Andrews went downtown to the Walnut McMicken location. You went down there just to pray, just to seek God and say, Lord, what would you have us do here? In that brief span of time, there was a man who literally began to die of a heroin overdose right before their eyes. And they notified the authorities and they prayed for him. And if they had not been here, his life would have been lost. If they would, now that's a, that's a physical thing, but it's a spiritual parallel to be found there. We have to be here for the saving of this city. 
That man made in the image of God. It's not God's will that he die in a street from some chemical, foreign substance that's, that's put into his bloodstream. That's not the will of God for his life. It is not the Lord's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God has a plan and a purpose for that man's life. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. We are here as the light of the world. We are the city on a hill that cannot be hid. We are the salt of the earth. We are ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I need somebody to agree with me right now in the name of the Lord. Come on, agree with me right now in the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, oh God. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want us to get into the habit of something. I want us to get into the habit of praying for our city. If you look at some of these great passages of Scripture in Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and Isaiah, these great prophets of God spend so much time weeping over their city. You know what they're doing? They are repenting for the sins of the nation. That's what they're doing. They're repenting for stuff they didn't even do. They're repenting for the sins of the nation. You know, instead of us looking at sinners and expecting them to be righteous all of a sudden without the power of the Holy Ghost, we need to be saying, Lord, forgive our city. Forgive our state. Forgive our nation. Cleanse us, Lord, from all unrighteousness. Prepare our hearts. Lord, there is wickedness in our world. There is wickedness in high places. There are, there are political officials who are corrupt. There are, there are corrupt leaders in our nation. There are spiritual forces at work. But Lord, we believe in the power of repentance. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that when we pray effectually and fervently as righteous people, not by our righteousness, but by your righteousness, that it will avail much. We believe this, Lord. If you believe it, could you stand with me right now? And I want us to make a fresh commitment in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want somebody to come right now. This altar's available. I want some prayer warriors to come right now and say, Lord, Lord, I, I'm committing myself to praying, to reaching the lost. Hallelujah, I'm committing myself, Lord. I'm committing myself to putting my hand to the plow. I'm committing myself to do whatever I find my hand to do, to do it with my might. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, let's do that right now in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a power of the Spirit of God moving in this house. There's a power of the Spirit of God moving in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Open, open, open the windows. The windows of heaven. Have your way, Lord. Rain on me. Open the windows of heaven.
think we ought to give God some praise right now for what he's doing and for what he's getting ready to do. Hallelujah. Come on, let all the saints of God give him praise. Hallelujah. He's about to break the chains of darkness in our city. Yes, he is. Yes.